1: All right, we'll see if we get a, a darts guest on the show tonight. I hope so, because i got to live up to Kevin's challenge. If not we'll, well, if not, we'll do it next week. But hopefully tonight. That would be cool. Uh, Kev- uh, Kevin must be in a bit of a saucy mood tonight, because he has texted the show again, who said, just drove through two hills. The storm is so bad there, there's only one hill left. Wow, it's leveled a hill. Which is... If the storm was that bad, wouldn't it just level both hills? Why would it pick a hill? I don't know. Uh, but again, uh, the weather is bad in parts of northern Alberta. If uh, there's anything you need to pass along, you can text six thirty six thirty. You can call our newsroom 780-466-NEWS. That's
2: Maybe it's like one of those
1: straight-to-VHS
2: horror films from the 80s where it levels one hill and then and the sequel comes back for the second one.
1: That's it's not a bad idea, actually. All right, well, we got, we're going to give something away. How exciting is that? Uh, we got the uh, Luxor 300 NASCAR Pinty Series race at Edmonton International Raceway near Ritasquan next weekend. We're going to give away a family pass. Great What do we, racing. Want, what do we want to do? Do we want to ask a, a trivia question on air, or do we just want to give it to a caller number? You want to just do a caller number? Well, no, I always prefer asking trivia questions. Okay, well, I, then let's the, ask a trivia question. Because then, then I get to talk to people.
2: Cool. Do you have a question in uh, mind?
1: No, they'll find out once they call in to 7804960063. <laughs> okay. uh, we're giving away a family pass to the Luxor 300 NASCAR Pinty Series race at the uh, Edmonton International Raceway next weekend. Uh, so 7804960063. You will have to answer a trivia question live on air. And I'm currently thinking. Of the trivia question, <laughs> that's, that's how we roll on this show. Ah, why plan stuff when you can show up ten minutes before the show starts and just wing it on air? Uh, one family pass. Oh, you know what? Oh, I've got a good idea. I've got a really good idea. Just hang on, I got. I got to double check. The, <laughs> I got to double check the answer now. I think I know it. Uh, we're going to bring Sheldon onto the show. Sheldon, are you the uh, same Sheldon that frequently test, uh, sends text messages to Inside Sports as well? Uh, no, nope. different Sheldon, actually. Different guy. Well, it's good to talk to you. Thanks for listening tonight. It's nice to know somebody's yeah, out bet. there. Uh, s- yeah. <laughs> All right. So are you a big uh, Are you a big racing fan, or, or you just want to check this out, see what it's like?
0: I, I really just want to check it out, yeah. I'm hoping to ask
1: a hockey question, but uh, it's in the hands of fate now. <laughs> well, I was I was going to ask a football question since we were talking about the Riders in the last half hour. Are you a Riders fan?
0: Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give you an easy one. You're, right. you're, you're an Edmontonian though, right? You betcha. And I assume you at least have some knowledge of uh, the Edmonton football team.
0: I do. Uh, whether it's
1: sufficient or not, it's, well, I guess it's yet to be seen. All right. prove that, right? Uh, Chris Jones currently coaches the Saskatchewan Roughriders. What team did he coach before that?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess I have
1: uh, Well, I said it was related to Edmonton football.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh... I'm going to guess uh, – repeat the
2: question,
1: Reid, just, just to be – Chris Jones for currently coaches the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Who was he the head coach of before he went to Saskatchewan? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the – It's really easy. It's really Edmonton easy. What's that? Edmonton. Yes. Sh- Sheldon, were you just playing me, pretending not to know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's that's good. That's good. Well, I'm you sorry. See, I'm sorry How I see, didn't Buck? ask a hockey question uh, next time.
0: Okay. Um, well, we could go double or nothing with a hockey question right now if you have something
1: else to give me. No, no, you got the you got the NASCAR tickets. <laughs>
0: thanks a lot. Reed. Did, appreciate did, it.
1: All right. Thanks for listening. Stay on the line, Sheldon. Stay on the line, and. Uh, well, we were, I was pretty determined to give Sheldon those tickets one way or the other. I have a nice guy like that. Uh, you can always call 780-496-0063. Uh, Larry in Athabasca says, uh, still raining here. Maybe he was going through three hills and it wiped out two. Let's not, let's not get into the whole hill thing. It is... It is uh, it is two hills. Is it two hills in northern Alberta and three hills in southern Alberta? That's what I thought it was. Then again, I'm the one who yesterday thought the uh, the K-Days parade was yesterday. It was actually today. Taste of Edmonton is not going on tonight. Uh, K-Days is underway. Kellen, I don't know if you uh, knew this. Mm. I I checked... And we're, we're gonna go into the vault here right away. We're gonna go into the vault here right away. So K days is underway, and I checked and I thought to myself, I wonder if uh, if the super dogs are at K days. And uh, the super dogs are indeed at K days, doing a show called Water Bark, starting every day at uh, 2:30, goes till 3:30. It's 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 some way, it's somewhere on the midway. Oh my God, is this seriously who we got on the show right now? I don't know what to do first now. Yes, thank you for whoever texted me, reminding me that Three Hills is indeed to the south. That's what I thought. Uh, is, this, is, this, is this seriously who we have on the line? Uh, Jim is on the line. Jim, how are you?
3: I'm very well, thank you. All right. We're talking, so you, you were talking darts a little while ago.
1: Yes, we're trying to find a darts guest. What Can you help me out? Well, I'm a champion. You're a reigning darts champion?
3: Oh no, not reigning. I won in 1976 in Montreal. Nationals? Uh, it was a national, as far as Quebec was concerned, but probably not the whole country.
1: Okay, so you won. You, you were living in Montreal at the time, and you won the Quebec Pro- provincials.
3: Oh yes, I won the I won the Montreal championship.
1: Awesome. Okay, so uh, this was nineteen seventy six. Like, did you, were you a professional darts player, Jim?
3: I uh, know I was a drunk. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, I was, but I was a very happy, very healthy young man, and we 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 drank a lot of beer and we played darts.
1: And well, you were good enough that you could win a, a major tournament.
3: Uh, yeah. There was. Uh, I won twenty five hundred dollars. That was my prize.
1: All right. Which, in today's money, is probably like ten thousand dollars. So that's not bad. Uh, uh, what, a did, more. what did What did you more. like about What did you like about playing darts competitively, Jim?
3: It was a concentration. You had to keep your mind on the on the bullseye, and then you put it wherever you wanted. You understand? And do you
1: still play, Jim? No. Okay.
3: No, my. Uh, my my reflexes are not the same. You have to be very, very good and very concentrated. So once you get a little older, it doesn't work so good.
1: All right. Well, Jim, thanks for chiming in tonight. We we found a darks guest for the person who challenged me. Thanks, buddy.
3: Okay. I want the Oilers to win again this year, please.
1: I think a lot of people would like that. Thanks, Jim.
3: Thank you. Bye bye.
1: That is Jim seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Uh. Biggie Cheese says, uh, raining here in Swan Hills too. All right, appreciate that update. And Biggie Cheese, that's an incredible handle. Uh, this texture says, uh, thanks, Reed. I went to watch the parade yesterday, but I'll forgive you because I was first in line today. I should say, it wasn't like I was promoting the parade being on Thursday, on Wednesday. It was after the fact I was saying, was it the parade earlier today? I don't know. It still was one of my all-time favorite moments on this show, ever. That was good. And I, you had one of the best lines when you said, the parade was tomorrow, which is an incredible <laughs> mixture of tenses, if you're into grammar. Hello, Brian. What's on your mind? Hey, Reed. How you doing today? Well, I'm having fun tonight. I hope people are having fun listening.
0: Yeah, well, they, I'm sure they always do. It's always uh, great listening to you. you a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about officiating, and uh, I didn't. Uh, I you ran out of time. I couldn't get in, and I'm just kind of wondering about the you know the instant replay, okay? That's happening in all weeks, okay? Uh, I would really like to know your opinion as to how how many. Uh, well. How many officials do you think actually like that now?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Was this Monday when we were talking about the VAR, or was this earlier? No, I think it was about a week. So it wasn't the soccer stuff. It was something else maybe.
0: Yeah, it was. It, it started off with the CFL when you were talking.
1: Okay, well, which they've they've limited the number of challenges and they've taken away some of the things you can challenge, which I like. How many? How f- like officials? That too. Do...
0: I, I think they should bring that in the NF, in the NHL as well.
1: Well, you like? Uh, well, I think they should get rid of the offside challenge. I don't like that at all. Well, to me,
0: offside is you know I. It, <laughs> <laughs> and I think you said it a too long ago, you know, it, if, you're, if you put, like, you know, five millimeters off of the blue line, who gives a rat's seat you of know what? Yeah. I mean, you know, the great part about, one, one of the main reasons that I'm not a huge fan of the NHL anymore is because of these stupid instant replays, but also, you know, I liked it when you realize the officials were humans, yeah, they, they made mistakes. There were there there's some of the offsides that are they're in your face. They're they, you can't miss them. If you if the official misses it, then well, yeah, then you want to shoot them. But you know the ones that are so close, like some of these that that they called last year, especially against the Oilers. uh, And and I I really hope the Oilers have better officiating this year. But, uh, you know, they they were ridiculous. They were absolutely ridiculous because it was so close. And nine out of ten times it seemed like the guy they were calling the offside on didn't even have anything to do with the play.
1: Well, you're right. I mean, sometimes goals are scored long after the offside. I'll go back to your original question, Brian. I think most officials would say that any tool that helps them get the call right is something that they will support. But I think the problem is is that now we've seen so many replays, we appreciate how difficult it is for some of these officials to make the call at full speed. And like the offsides... I'm willing. and now it makes me appreciate how good the linesmen are because they don't really miss any obvious ones. And another great example was the catch., um, who was the Pittsburgh tight end that had that touchdown taken away against new England? was it was it Jesse James? Was that the guy? Remember, he had that touchdown. He turned at the goal line, reached over the goal line, and then the ball came out as he hit the ground. and he and he yeah. lost the touchdown. And most people who watch football would say, well, common sense was he had the ball long enough for it to be a touchdown, but we slow it down and we we look at everything in instant replay. And it and, and to me, you're correcting a call that wasn't wrong. You're you're yeah, exactly. looking for a reason to change it.
0: And and you know, and that's I mean, you, you're even seeing it in Major League Baseball.
1: Well, what are they looking at in baseball? They look at home runs, obviously, and now they have what one challenge before the seventh inning? Is that the rule?
0: Uh, um, I think it's. Now, I think uh, you know. I thought you could in the in the in the NBA. I figured you could, uh, or MBL, you could challenge again. You know, ask for a replay on a call if it's a whether it's at first base, whether it's. Oh yeah, you, know, you can. Yeah, play. you can.
1: I think I think you're limited in the number of challenges you had, but you can definitely challenge plays. And again, most of them are bang bang plays, where I think you could live with it, right? Where I think you could live with it if the umpire can't see. Um, you know, a, a half a foot of the ball hitting the ball hitting the glove or the foot hitting the bag. Sometimes those bang bang plays are going to be missed. So why are it we can't. slowing down the game to correct things that aren't obvious mistakes? That's what frustrates me.
0: Well, and to me, it added it, it adds so much more excitement. Those, those close plays just adds to the game.
1: Brian, and, I pre- sorry, go ahead. I'll let you wrap it up.
0: Oh, and I was just going to say, and and to me. Having having the instant replay is just taken away from that excitement.
1: Brian, appreciate your thoughts. Have a good night. That's Brian at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, I mean we, we, this this is this has become a uh, an ongoing topic periodically on this show, as I'm sure it is on a lot of sports shows, and it probably will be for quite <laughs> for quite a while. The more re- when I think a lot of times when replay is introduced, people think, okay, great, we're not going to have any screw ups. And then we, we use replay, and we realize how many calls are 50,50 are 50 calls. And sometimes you feel like, you know what, I would have been happier just living with up with whatever the ref or the ump called, as opposed to slowing down the game and splitting hairs in the rule book, and then making a call that maybe I, I don't really understand why they're changing it. Or I could have lived with it if it just would have stood the other way. I, I realize there are obvious mistakes, and it's nice for those to get corrected. Um, but are the obvious mistakes worth having the replay and, and slowing down the game? That's the debate for a lot of fans. It, it's an interesting one for sure. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Bretsky Bretzky says, uh, Hi, Reid. Is Kellen there? Well, yes, Kellen is here. Say hi to Bretzky. Hello, Bretzky. Anyway, I'm glad you uh, gave up on two hills and three hills, but what about Harry Hill and uh, Hillbilly and a hill to die on? Not to mention over the hill. That is from Bretzky. Yakishev says, Reed, can you please speak up? I can't hear you with all the static on the radio. By the way, Parade Hill is still standing. All right. Well, we uh, sort of had a darts guest on the show. And, uh, and, uh, we had a good uh, replay phone call. This it's Friday night, night, folks. This is—I'm having—I'm having a great time. <laughs> this is tonight. a great had, show. Yeah, great time last night. Well, generally, I have a great time when I when I'm here. But this is this is special. 14-9 BC leading Ottawa early in the third quarter. CFL action. We'll take a quick timeout. It's Inside Sports on Chet.
0: This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad.
1: Special hello to... TH. Listening in Weiwei, Sikapo. In Manitoba. I assume listening online. Thank you, TH, and thanks for checking in. How's the weather in Wayway, Sea Capital? Well, maybe TH will text back and tell us. Uh, this texture says Reid, the problem is the media with video review. They show everyone at home, and it embarrasses the officials in the league, so they are forced to use review instead of everyone realizing the officials aren't superheroes. Well, but I think most people at home would object to watching a game on television and never getting a replay. Because that's what you're suggesting, is that replay shouldn't be shown. Uh, This texter says the offside challenge should stay in the NHL, but here should be the rules. Number one, you can't review the offside if the team has entered the zone and is onside for more than 30 seconds or if the other team has had control of the puck or a shot on net has been taken. Two, you can't have control of the puck to uh, enter the zone. The puck has to be in advance or lateral with the player's front skate blade. Number three, no player shall cross entirely over the blue line Entering the zone before the puck. That includes one skater two. That is a very detailed text about the offside video review. Uh, I know a lot of you don't like it. I, I don't think it's going away though, at least for this year. We will go to Hamilton and check in with uh Rick Zamprin. In the final half hour of the show, you can continue texting 630-630. Oh, I forgot to mention this one. Uh, this individual says, uh, Reed, the storm is so bad a UFO crashed in my backyard. Just saying. Check for survivors. Get Mulder and Scully on the phone. We're back after the news inside Sports on Chet.
0: For breaking news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on
3: 630
0: Chad.
1: Classic away, track, Dylan Kennedy. Thank you for playing going. that tonight. Sink, God loves CCR. Got a listener free. in Knighton Junction. That's incredible. What's going on in Knighton Junction tonight? Knighton Junction is the Inside Sports Community of the Evening. Trucker Dave says, hello, Reed. Good storm from grassland to Newbrook. The sky is looking less menacing now. Appreciate that update. Uh, You can text 63630. We keep you posted on the weather. Obviously, big storm uh, moved through Edmonton. I know it's still raining in parts of the city and i think there's still some thunder and lightning out there so be safe when you're going i don't think we have anything right here right now kellen we got some rumbling just immediately did above you hear us, some thunder okay yeah. i have trouble hearing stuff in here especially when i put the headset on yeah but, uh, it's yeah. still been rumbling off and on throughout the show so taste of edmonton shut down for the night another touchdown for bc they're up 2012 on ottawa about five and a half minutes into the third quarter Lule, he's bringing them along I don't know if that's a great roster there, but a uh, pretty good quarterback with Lule. All right, uh, you can text 636 496 The Edmonton Prospects game is in a rain delay at REMAX Field, taking on Regina tonight. Terrell Owens dropped by the Eskimos from the team's negotiation list. The British Open, Zach Johnson, Kevin Kisner tied six under par. Tiger Woods tied for 29th even, so he is six off the lead. Uh, that was cool. We had 5440, uh, the drummer for 5440 on the show, Matt Johnson, on mm-hmm. last night. Big Vancouver Canucks fan. He did say their lead singer, Neil Osborne, cheers for the Edmonton Oilers. And they're playing 9.30 tonight at K Days. That's right. Speaking of K Days, I, I checked today. I, got, I actually got talking with a co worker about this and uh, about the Super Dogs. And I checked if the Super Dogs are at K Days. Mm-hmm. The Super Dogs are at K Days. Doing a show called Water Bark every day at two thirty. Now I'm uh, promoting the Super dogs, Even like, look, I'm I'm about to slam the Super dogs, but I, I promoted your show, so don't come urinate on my leg. I just want to get to this. I, I guess I guess we're going. This is like an Inside Sports greatest hit. And if if you don't think it's that good, well. That's the quality of our greatest hits. So just bear with me here. This is from. I, I rather than doing this again. I'm just going to replay this snippet from the show. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It must have been during K days, or maybe they had the Super Dogs at halftime on Eskimos game. So this is from July 15, 2015, when I was a much younger man, but still very passionate about my distaste for the Super Dogs. Here it is. This is the Super Dogs. I don't think they're that super, quite frankly. I think they're mediocre dogs, all right? That's what they should change the name to, the mediocre dogs. Because you know what? Super dogs can successfully go through the slalom course without running in a straight line and not even attempting the slalom. Like, if you're telling me to watch the super dogs and 8 out of 10 of them can't successfully complete the slalom, he's not a super dog. He's a regular dog that doesn't listen. Okay? So don't, don't tell me, oh, why don't you appreciate the super dogs? You know why? Because they're not super. You know why Superman is Superman? is because he can lift 10 tons off of a person to save their life. I mean, that's... So, that, so I mean, it's, it's like with the super dogs, it's like you're trying to tell me, hey, look at this guy that can barely lift 200 pounds. He's Superman. No, he isn't. He's regular man. So... You're not a super dog if you do nothing at a high level except disobey. <laughs> okay, they're the stars of disobedience school. Good for them. You're not a super dog if you don't understand what you're trying to do. Okay? Even at a canine level. The the even if the the they're gonna get and at the end of the run even that isn't enough for them to want to learn to successfully go through the slalom and over the hurdles in succession and not just oh the first hurdle and then they do the other three running beside it no all four hurdles then that's a super dog if your dog can't run in a straight line and successfully jump over things or negotiate a little slalom course he or she is no super dog these are not super dogs. What like, okay, maybe marginally talented dogs. That should be the title. Marginally talented mutts. That's that's what i that's what I'm gonna start. So that I can say, hey, come buy a ticket to my exhibit. They're marginally talented dogs. And then I'll have a slalom course with like 10 of the pylons set up, and they'll go through like Three pylons and people would be like I can't believe I spent money on this the dog only did 30% of the course and I'll be like what do you expect he's only marginally talented alright so that was from 2015 and I still feel the same way by the way I, I, was, sp- I spoke to a couple of the super dogs and this is what they had to say for comment <laughs> that's, not, that's not true that's not true I was so I was talking about this with a co-worker today and she's uh, big into uh, equestrian and, and show jumping. She knows a lot about that, and there's uh, there's some of that going on at K as well. So then we start talking about the super dogs, right? And she, she and then we start talking about the tryout process for the super dogs. Like if you bring your dog to a there's di- a tryout process. Well, if there should if there isn't, there should be, or it should be better because apparently they just let everybody in. And boy, I, I like I love dogs. I I love I love dogs. The greatest animal on the face of the earth. Uh, but again, super dogs should separate themselves from normal dogs. Like, is the tryout process for the super dogs, you just show up with, with your dog? Like, if I was running the super dogs, I'd be like, what does your dog do? Well, he can run the slalom. Okay, I would like to see him do that under pressure. I think it's just like, uh, hi, you're trying out for the super dogs? Yes, I am. Okay, your dog's in. I think that's all they do for the tryout. Because it's just it just look, I can put my dog down and he can random I I can I can put a slalom course down and have him randomly run alongside it, just like the super dogs do. Now watched over anyway, water like a Waterbark.
2: There's probably like a five yeah, this, or six yeah, this, this, step now, process. Now
1: here's the thing this water bark is probably some incredible show. It's probably like the Cirque du Soleil. You know, the dogs are, you know, dangling off trapezes and doing gymnastics and they're and they're they're probably all like, you know, dogs that are like you have to survived canine leukemia and it's probably some inspirational story and I'm mocking them. It's probably what I'll find out on Monday, and then I'll have to apologize to the super dogs on Monday. Maybe. Maybe, but until then, that's how I feel about the Super Ducks. What about the Tiger Cats? Is it Manzel time? We'll get to that when we get back. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Book the Rumpus Room for up to 12 of your closest friends and dig in for a family style picnic at NorthChickenYEG.com. Great spot, 124th Street, 107th Avenue. Well, the Hamilton Tiger Cats were looking great yesterday and then they were looking bad and they lost 3120 to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They get swept in that home and home set. Rick Zamperd covers the Tie Cats for CHML Radio in Hamilton. Rick, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I've been fantastic. Uh, So far, so good on this CFL
2: season. An exciting uh, 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 campaign, not only for Hamilton, but across the league. It's
1: been fun to watch. Well, it has been fun to watch. There have been some interesting games. Uh, I I know people commented we had a a couple weeks where where not a lot of the games were close. But I I still think they've been interesting, if that's a fair way to put it. And and the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who you cover, uh, have been an interesting team because uh, they've had stretches where they've looked pretty dark good. They've had games where they've looked pretty darn good, and yet they're sitting there with a 2-3 and three record. And, and maybe last night sums it up. They look really, really good at times, uh, but yet it kind of spins out of control and they don't get the win. You
2: know what? It's been one of those, uh, I don't want to say one of those seasons, but it's been one of these franchises, that, and I was talking about this with a co-worker uh, last night, that you know, when you expect the team to win, they don't, and when you don't expect them to win, they do. In the last couple of weeks, uh, with a bye in between, I think all Ticats fans were thinking they would take at least one of these two against the Rough Riders, and lo and behold, they get swept again in back-to-back seasons uh, by Saskatchewan. It's a team that has talent across the board; they're deep in some positions. uh, But you know, I think last night's game was really a microcosm of this season. You know, pretty good first half. Had a 10 point lead. Uh, they had an absolutely abysmal third quarter and just could not get the offense or the defense working. Um, there are some questions to be had, and I'm sure we'll go through some of those, but I think two and three is a uh, is a deserved record. Should they be better? Yeah, probably. But uh, I think at the start of the season, given what we knew as the schedule going in, you know, five straight games against the West Division, which uh, that's a franchise first for the Tiger Cats and their. 100 plus year history. Uh, I think you, if you said to any fan uh, in black and gold that, uh, hey, do you want to be two and three, they would have taken it. So here we go.
1: Well, and they just crushed the Eskimos back on uh, on June twenty second. I mean, a seventeen point difference probably actually flattered the Eskimos. Hamilton was totally in control of that game. But you mentioned some of the questions, and I, I you know, you host the the fifth quarter, of the post game show there on CHML, and uh, I saw your your Twitter count. Come come on, they're not ready for Manzel after two and three the way Mazzoli played. I mean, I know, I know, I always joke. Rational people turn very irrational the moments after a sporting event or during a sport. But I mean, come on. Mazzoli's still the guy, isn't he? Mazzoli is the guy. I was merely pointing out
2: that. You know, we we now know what Jeremiah Masoli is all about. Uh, at this point, last year we we didn't. I mean, we had a kind of a sense of the potential, and I see. I think we're seeing a lot of that potential. A guy who can make a lot of throws, who's an athletic guy, hard to bring down when he does run the football, has a good sense for the game. His progression is is decent. He's got an okay arm. Um, so so we know what we have in Jeremiah Masoli. What we also know that we have in Jeremiah Masoli is a 500 record over his nine game. Uh, consecutive passing uh, record tying streak of, of 300 yards or more. Uh, the record of the team was four and five. Uh, his overall CFL record as a starter in the league is 12 and 12. So I was merely pointing out in my blog on 900 CHL that listen, Ticats fans are fine with 500 football and they're fine with a quarterback passing for 300 yards a game. You know, uh, fill your boots, uh, but. With Johnny Manziel on the bench, and I'm not suggesting he's going to start next game against Ottawa because I don't think he should, number one, and I don't think he will, number two, but I think you have a person there, regardless of it, you know, take the name out of the equation, it's quarterback B, that you think, you've invested obviously dollars in this individual, and you think he can help your football team at some point, I think it's only a matter of time. It is only a matter of time before he gets into a football game. It might be next week against Ottawa, it could be two weeks from now against Montreal, who knows what the deal is? But I think sooner rather than later, this team has to find out in a game situation, not necessarily in a blowout win or lose, but in a game situation when things are tight, whether you install a package form or whatnot, you have to find out if he can play this game.
1: What is your sense of the effect Manziel's presence has has had on the Tiger Cats? Because it, you know, he comes in with all that hype, and you know, as we thought, and, and I don't think the Tiger Cats, despite their record, I don't think they've started poorly because, like we talked about, they played well at times. But you know, you, you, you like to you like to win more than you lose. I mean, what what is it have that he's there? You know, like, or do you think the team wants him in there? Do you think June Jones is waiting for the opportunity to put him in? I'm, I'm just curious about the Manziel aura, if you want to call it that, what that has brought.
2: Yeah, well, I'll say two things. Number one, I think in the off season, with all the hype of whether or not the team was or one, was not going to sign him or were they going to trade him, I think there were some players, and Brandon Banks, I remember, hit one of his tweets uh, saying that, you know, why are we talking about a guy who's not on our team? Which, you know, we've heard from other players in the past, and I think it's a valid statement why are we uh, you know talking about a guy who's not even signed to a contract in the league obviously with you know manziel's pedigree and what he's done in the ncaa ranks and being you know a, a first round pick in the nfl there's there's obviously a lot of hype we know that I think, from what I've seen, not only in practice or even, you know, during the games, you know, some anecdotal information uh, as well, that he's been, A, you know, a model citizen. He hasn't gotten into trouble, which we already understand. And I think, B, he has been a good teammate. You know, he's been uh, cheering guys on. He's been very supportive of Jeremiah Masoli and supportive of other guys. Um, so I think hes he may not have won over everyone in the organization who steps on the field, but I think he has warmed up to enough of the guys that he's now just one of the guys, and I think that's hugely important. That was probably his biggest hurdle right out of the gate, apart from you know, learning the playbook and terminology and all that. I think he's been a good teammate. Um, once he gets on the field, and again, it's only a matter of time, you know, those teammates are going to have to rally around him because he's now playing with them. So that'll be an interesting thing to see. I, I, I think he's done enough good, again, in practice and off the field to warrant a chance, at least at this uh, at this point.
1: Well, that's an interesting storyline to watch. Rick Zamprin joining us on Inside Sports from 900CHML in Hamilton. He uh, hosts the fifth quarter after all the Tiger Cats games. And uh, obviously a, a, a busy week. Uh, I guess we can... Call it down in southern Ontario. I know. I know that you were writing about the Toronto Raptors as well. Uh, it, it's been an interesting last few months for them. I mean, they get swept by Cleveland with all the high hopes. Dwayne Casey is gone, and now the all-time leader in games played, points, and a whole bunch of other important categories, also gone. For you know, I think the consensus is Kawhi Leonard is a better player if he's healthy, and then the bigger if uh, does he want to be in Toronto and will he stay beyond a year. Yeah, I got
2: to say, you know what, I'm a huge fan of Kawhi Leonard on the court. I think he is probably one of the top five players in the league when he's on his game. And, and yes, when he's healthy, he's coming off a season in which, uh, you know, he had that right quad injury, he only got into nine games, was allegedly misdiagnosed, obviously had a falling out with the team. But, you know, when he's going, he is a force on both sides of the court and really is a, a commander in chief on the court. So I like that part of the equation, but there are so many other dominoes. And and, and trading away DeMar DeRozan, you know, I'm not not exactly heartbroken like some diehard Raptors fans. You know, I'm okay with it. But the part that I'm not okay with is DeRozan's under contract for three more years. Leonard, as we all know, can say goodbye to the Raptors in the offseason. So basically, you've said goodbye to, yeah, your franchise leader in a bunch of offensive categories, an offensive star in the NBA in DeMar DeRozan. For a guy who might give you 80-plus games and might help you in the playoffs if he is healthy. I mean, if he is healthy, he's going to help you in the playoffs. But you're really, I mean, Masai Ujiri is really rolling the dice, which I give him credit for. But I think this was too much of a risk for that high reward. I think if it does not work out, I think Ujiri is gone, he's basically mortgaged his future in Toronto on this trade. Um, I hope it works out for them, but um, I I don't think it's going to work out when all is said and done. Boston's a very strong team, probably the favorites in the East, and that's even with Leonard with the Raptors. Uh, I like Philly. They're a young up-and-coming team with a lot of stars. Uh, This Raptor team, I, I think, is going to be challenged to win 59 games this season. Even with LeBron out West, I think duplicating that is very hard to do, especially now that you've changed the identity in the locker room and on the court, um, again, wish them well, but I think this was uh, a roll of the dice that they didn't
1: have to do. All right, Rick, and I'll throw one more at you, and uh, I'd like to find alternate ways to introduce people. I can also introduce you as former uh, Fort McMurray resident, Rick Zamprin. Uh, take us take us through that uh, part of your life. A lot of Albertans are being like, hey, I live in Fort McMurray or used to live in Fort McMurray. They're yeah. saying that right now.
2: I, I- I was in Fort Mac for a glorious two years and 10 months. Uh, I was working part-time in Chatham, Ontario at the time, which is southwestern Ontario, very close to Detroit and uh, i I needed a full time job, and Fort McMurray had an opening in their newsroom, and I thought okay i got I gotta get in anywhere to get this full time gig and uh, the news director th- at the time hired me, I flew in Edmonton, took the Red Arrow all the way up to Formac uh, through highway sixty three uh and you know seeing the burned out forest at the time, I think they had a fire uh, you know in the previous summer. Uh, and not as bad as obviously the most recent one, but uh, you know, still it was alarming as a, a person who grew up in lush southern Ontario to see this burned out forest. I thought it was going to a wasteland. We finally get there. I say we, my wife and I, uh, who was my girlfriend at the time, and uh, you know, I, I, I still remember to this day being in the hotel. I don't remember the name of the hotel, but I wake up and it's bright sunshine out this morning, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. In the afternoon, and it's three in the morning. Uh, day, uh, July uh, 31st of 1996. And, uh, I, again, I spent two glorious years in Fort Mac. I despise the winters. I remember the coldest it ever got was minus 50.6. Uh, there isn't a wind chill. Everybody in Fort McMurray knows that. Uh, and here in, down in southern Ontario, it's very much different. But uh, it was freezing cold in the winters. Uh, but I very much enjoyed the summers.
1: Love that city. Well, you know, Rick, right now everybody is saying, what's he complaining about, minus 50.6? It wasn't even minus 51. <laughs> 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 very good point very good point point. and today in Southern Ontario it's about minus 40 with the Humanex so yeah pick your poison hey uh, Rick thanks for checking in tonight thanks for talking some Thai cats with us they're an interesting team to watch we gotta do this again soon man thanks for your time very much have a good one Rick Zamper from CHML in Hamilton he seems to think We will see Johnny Manziel probably sooner rather than later. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Another fun show. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. End of the third quarter, BC leading Ottawa 22-19. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. I'll be back Monday at 6 and we'll have the Coaches Show with Jason Moss and Morley Scott Monday at 7.30. Have an awesome weekend, everybody. tomorrow I
0: want to settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep